2: Phones the silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is 5 Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Just the two of us making fancy castles in the proverbial grey clouds of South England today because it is absolutely freezing. Rush Nation, how you all doing? Just me and Murph today. Murph, how the devil are you? Very well, sir. And yourself? Yep, I'm good, I'm good. How was your hiatus last week?
0: Lovely. Absolutely lovely. We're in the West Country, and well, you know, I was going to put a bit of a gambit in here. I was off. I was getting Mark Sanchez a deal, but <laughs> uh, truth was, I really was in the West Country um with my wife. Spent a few days away eating some gourmet cuisine in some very lovely places, um, and it was brilliant. He's got a terrible life, folks. Yeah, Absolutely. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard being me, married to my wonderful wife. Who. Get some amazing opportunities from time to time. So, uh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Thanks for asking. How was, uh, how was the pod with Levi and Bell? I mean, Sparky. Yep, yeah,
2: it was difficult. The Bell told once again he's not here this week. But, to be fair, it was fun. It was like the old times and there was laughs. And it was also freezing last week as well. I mean, it's not quite as cold as Chicago and places like that. But they've got snow. But for us Brits, this is, this is moderately cold.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we're hovering at about 5 degrees at the moment. It's which... colder than that. It was colder than that at work this morning.
2: Anyway, I digress. Go find us on all your favourite podcast locations because we're out there coming at your eardrums. Two pods this week. Got a Thursday pod in which we have a guest, Murph.
0: Yeah, we do. It's going to be a really, really, really fun uh, podcast. So over the next four weeks, we're actually going to bring guests every week. Um, So this week's guest is for those of you that have kind of at the stage of the season now, you have watched your team underperform, not got much to be excited about. I'm thinking of myself as a Bucks fan, <laughs> Cardinals fans, Bills fans, Jags fans, Raiders fans, Raiders Raiders Giants fans, fans. <laughs> Giants fan. <laughs> about half the league. So, and and we're going to actually take a, a very, very, very early look into the 2019 draft with a very special guest who uh has got a lot of experience in this area so please do download and subscribe tuesday and listen to this pod which you are which is good but also get ready for thursday's pod because it's going to be an absolute barnstormer it
2: sure is i mean i'm going to be honest rush nation i'm going to learn some serious stuff cuz my college depth knowledge is pretty poor in fact i'm going to say minimal i I don't really know anybody apart from you know Alabama, Clemson, and I still probably couldn't name you many of their players at all.
0: But it's hard, you know. This isn't like a league where there's thirty-two teams and and stars every you know play in, and you've got ten-year, fifteen-year veterans. This is a, a you know college where it turns over every three or four years. These players play probably two, two, maybe three years. At sort of the, the top level, and that's it. And not to mention, there's hundreds of schools in many divisions across the country. So you've mentioned some of the big ones, but there's a lot of smaller school programs out there as well. And um, this is going to give you uh, an, a real top level insight into how it kind of works um, not the draft itself, but the prospecting, who is likely to sort of potentially come off from a fantasy perspective. So if you're in a dynasty league and you're sort of preparing for the worst this year, then you should be able to get a couple of early hints and look at players that you want to seriously look at well before the draft. So... It's a very early look, there's not going to be a, a very serious predi- uh, you know, prediction or projection that who's going to go one or two because we don't know a draft order or players haven't even declared yet so there's a long way to go but it's just a really early day's Pardon, and depending on how well it goes we might get him back on and, and do a, a deep dive maybe later on Fingers in crossed. the off season. Fingers crossed,
2: it would be, it's going to be good for me anyway because just to increase knowledge of the you know, college game is useful. Um, for a fantasy perspective like Murph said knowing the players that are coming out again like Murph said it's early we don't even know who's declared yet so this is just uh... and quite a lot of it's defensive players as well which isn't that useful for fantasy
0: (laughs) no we are going to focus more on the offensive talent you'll hear the name Nick Bosa a lot in the next four or five months but we're going to try and stay a little clear of him um, focus more on the offensive talent, and from a fantasy perspective, getting you ready for your 2019 Dynasty Draft. So it is a very early look, but and again, the season's not even over, but we first thought it was a really good time. For those of you who are a bit disillusioned with the season and your fantasy season so far, perhaps you found us a bit too late and not been taking some of our waiver claims very early. This is a way for you to get excited still, enjoy the rest of the season, but maybe get ready for those college playoffs that are getting ready to start uh, and enjoy January as those really intensify and kick off.
2: Talking of college playoffs, Boise State, your blue pitch is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And they play in blue. As a colourblind male, that was very difficult for me to... I, I would
0: not want to play defence against Boise State at home, let's put it that way. Moving on to today's show... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we give a shout-out to the Central Michigan Chippewas, the team with the pot? Fire up, Chips. It's just, um, you know, we we've adopted them, thanks to your canon stat from a few weeks ago oh there's another it's not a canon stat but there is something canon related coming in the next couple of weeks it's gonna blow your minds guys this i can't wait for it's gonna be well anyway sorry so they finished up their season on friday against toledo at toledo um it was a pretty rough affair we actively live tweeted after every single tweet on their account Uh, i shared a post uh, a couple of days ago on on twitter it was uh, a real <laughs> fun experience in some ways to watch a team that has been. It's had a, a tough year. I think it's probably the best way to. <laughs> one to in ten. One, yeah, it's been a, a tough year for them. They lost 51 uh, 13 in this one. And there was, after the first play for Central Michigan, which went for a first down, they didn't have a first down until the fourth quarter. They changed quarterbacks. They changed you know, different receiver sets. They had one receiver that effectively was getting uh, most of the touches. They didn't really run the ball all that much. So it was a, a very, very difficult experience. And then in the end, they got 13 points, uh, including a defensive score. So it, there was something to cheer after two and a half hours of investment <laughs> of watching what was probably one of the worst offensive performances I've seen but listen 1 and 11 that they finished this year uh, we interacted with some fans shout out if you uh, interacted with us over the over friday night um, it will get better next year, I promise you. Because I'll be honest with you, it's probably not going to get any worse than what we've just watched. So, uh shout out to Central Michigan. It was great hustle in the fourth quarter just to put some points on the board, and they kept going. The D was pretty good actually. They had to deal <laughs> just, with just let up fifty, on. but they had short field all day. They, you know, the first five drives, I think four of them started inside Central Michigan's uh, half. So you know, there's not much you can really do. They they had a lot of key stops when it counted, and they, they kept it competitive. If there was an offense there, probably would have been more competitive. But no, it was, there's a lot of signs there that it, it could be half decent with a decent recruitment class. So just give us some time for next year. But just wanted to give a shout out for that. And just thought it was, uh, you know, new team of the pod. We'll give a weekly update into their season next season. But they're done for the year. Go
2: CMU. Tuesday's pod. Standard, really. News, waivers, winners and losers, which I have to confess I haven't done yet. So they will be on the fly. Got some Murph on the streets. He's confessed
0: already that stats this week are thin. Yeah, I mean, other than the milestone that Tom Brady beat Peyton Manning's all-time yards record. Is that a stat from the streets? No. I'm oh, good. I was going to say, because if you've limited it from three <laughs> to two already, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, if not, but I didn't want to put that in there because it's a bit too mainstream. We like to go a bit more niche on the streets. Um, I've heard and that. Just an FYI, they didn't stop the game to give them a certificate. I okay, thought that was really key to, to highlight that well, it wasn't stopped for that. So it's just a Drew Brees thing. You
2: don't want Maverick Murph tweeting at you getting upset about the certificates. That's for sure. No. Let's do some news. Okay. So Noodle Legs himself has been suspended for one game for his role in the Royal Rumble between the Jags and Bills. He's set to appeal it, but I think that's going to stick.
0: Yeah, it'll stick. I'm, I'd be surprised if it's not. Um, he was having an absolute monster day.
2: Yeah, he was. Silly boy.
0: He wasn't even. He wasn't even involved in the play.
2: I don't know, there was a Jags wide receiver and Bill's cornerback that went up and got the ball in the end zone. I think it was Dee Westbrook. Mate. It was Dee Westbrook. And they, neither of them wanted to let go and for
0: some reason, Noodles just went berserk. It was absolutely amazing because that play, neither of them wanted to let go of the ball. It made me think back to you know like when you are in year two or year three <laughs> and you both got your hands on the ball. And you're like, no, it's mine, no, it's mine, no, it's mine. Brilliant. And they didn't let go for about, I don't know, two minutes. Yep. i thought it was amazing to watch it it really took me back to my childhood there's not many things in the nfl that i can say do that but that play did and then what what started was can only be described as a royal rumble everybody the bench is everybody got up there with arms flaying and um yeah noodle legs himself decided to throw some punches And they went all the way down the tunnel and they still were throwing punches um silly silly boy that's definitely cost the jags to win it's cost someone a job in nathaniel hackett just uh slightly jumping forward here, who's lost his job after a couple of seasons as the OC. And it's potentially cost Bortles his starting role, which might be a good thing for the Jags. So, you know, <laughs> every cloud, silver line. Um, but yeah, silly, silly, silly boy. Uh, really hurt me in fantasy. Probably end up me getting a loss this week as a result. So, yeah, not not too happy as a Jags, as a Fortnite owner. Because now, next week, I've got to try and find someone to fill the hole.
2: Well... Talking of filling holes, next week I've got to find someone to fill the Melvin Gordon-shaped hole that has left my team due to his MCL Grade 2 tear. I know how that feels. Mine was a Grade 3 Melvin, so, you know, get back on the road fast. Because Grade two's nothing really, is it? Come on, let's be serious. Uh, I jest, of course. We hope you get better soon. And Austin Eckler and... Justin Jackson? Yes. Yeah, they both become pretty relevant, guys. But we'll talk about them in a bit. He's set to miss a few weeks, should be back by the end of the regular season, whether that means 16 or 17. If he comes back week 17, that only hurts the people who are playing in week 17 leagues. And if you're playing in a week 17 league, change that up because it's terrible. Because you'll find that most of the stars get rested in week 17. And then if you're playing an average team who's squeaked to the final, they'll beat
0: you. Yeah, it's definitely not a format that I like. I like to enjoy... Week 17 is just a a watch and enjoy experience. It's Christmas week as well, is or it? it's just after Christmas, so um, you kind of want to chill out and relax and enjoy games, not be thinking about lineups and things like that, because it's just slim pickings that week.
2: Yeah, it is, it is. Andy Dalton's been placed on the IR, which is unfortunate for all the Bengals. He's out for the season after damaging his thumb against the Browns. Second straight season, he's done his thumb and has been placed on the IR at the end of the season yeah needs his robo thumb installed I think something along those lines or just lop it off just lop it off give him a prosthetic or something is that allowed
0: in the NFL yeah well
2: I don't see why not well, I mean if you can deflate footballs yes. Yeah. and Griffin's playing with one hand well there you go I mean no actually then he should probably be allowed to get a prosthetic hand I mean there's probably an option out there it's just uh, it's a, the dexterity required to play linebacker
0: tweet us at 5-0 Rush if you know the answer to that because that would be interesting to
2: know yeah if you are a prosthetics <laughs>
0: professional hit <laughs> us up yeah
2: Yeah, so not good for the Bengals, this. Right,
0: uh, the the loss to the Browns was pretty embarrassing. I know they got it close at the end, but it was 35-7 in the third when he went out of the game. So, Jeff Driscoll came in, he he played all right, actually. When the game's 35-7, I don't really pay attention because the game's pretty much over. It's dead. I've seen a lot of those games this year with the Bucks. So, um, it's easier to score points when the other team's just conserving energy and resting. So, be interesting to see what Jeff Driscoll does this week. It does mean that they signed Tom Savage. He's real. He is real to uh, be his backup. So Tom Savage gets his third job of the year. So congratulations to him for you know getting one step closer to more money, more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it's a shame for Dalton. He actually had a pretty all right year. Yeah, probably it's better than average. Yeah, but yeah. maybe it was average compared to what everyone else done. I don't know. That's true.
2: It was better than average, but average has increased, so is he still Mr. Average? I would imagine
0: so. yeah, I think this is going to hurt if you've got shares in AJ Green, Tyler Boyd. um, Although Boyd became relevant after he got injured. He did, but again, garbage time.
2: It all counts, Murph.
0: It does, that's true, very much.
2: Jags have fired their OC Nathaniel Hackett after two seasons because they were terrible. No, no. It probably wasn't just because they were terrible. I mean, the Jags are imploding all over the place. Yeah, they benched Blake Bortles, got rid of their OC, quarterback coach Scott Milanovic has yep. been promoted to the play caller. I don't know anything about this Scott chap.
0: Um, well, I mean, he's been he's as coach Blake Bortles for a couple of years. So, yep, that says enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a tough enough job. I've not seen any improvement in. in- Blake balls in Blake in 2-3 years so whether that's just because Blake's limited or I don't know it's hard to say, he's going to have uh, Cody Kessler under centre on uh, week 13 so perhaps we might see something more adventurous uh, I don't really know what you can do with a 3-8 and team With uh, I quite like Cody Kessler, I think he's alright he doesn't really turn the ball over, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes he's not Mr Impressive he's not going to throw loads of deep balls he's not going to give you a Fitzmagic effect where he's going to just suck Lighting it up, but he, you know, he's almost a bit like a, a Mullins. He'll come in, he'll do a job. Oh, don't talk to me about Mullins. Keep some, you know, keep completions relatively high and create some plays. Get the odd touchdown. You know, he won't he won't be a massive fantasy ad, but at the same point, he won't be a, a real bust either.
2: I think, yeah, the Jags could just eat up Bortles' cap next year and just send it's them a lot line. of
0: money. They just extended him last year. Yeah, but only for one year, no? Uh, yeah, so sort of a two-year deal we got. Yeah. So he's got to have one year left.
2: Just eat it up. It's twenty odd
0: million. Yeah, but I mean, I'd I'd quite happily pay that. For... Yeah, but it's not it's not that it's the it's the fact is that that impact on the cap. Yeah, but you you can't really sign a replacement for twenty odd million when you're eating twenty million in cap. You effectively, if you're going to eat his cap next year, you you're going to have to. Well, yeah, you're going to have to play or draft someone.
2: Well, they could do that,
0: and if they do that, then it's not so bad. But yeah, it's it's a tough thing to eat that, that kind of cap hit.
2: Yeah, I don't fancy trying to eat $20 million worth of notes. (laughs) What a waste.
0: What a waste. Paddy Mahomes would just put ketchup on it. (laughs) Did you see that uh, Hines have said that if he throws 57 or more touchdowns this year, that they will give him a lifetime supply of ketchup for free?
2: No. Yeah. How many has he got? He's over 30.
0: Yeah, I think it's like 35. Oh, well, for our...
2: You know, what's our league called? What are we in? The uh, Guillotine League. Yeah. We've got him in that for our sakes, Pat. Just
0: do that. Yeah, exactly.
2: We'll send you a signed bottle of British Heinz ketchup.
0: There you go. With a 500 Rush logo glued with Pritt stick on it. Yeah. So uh, t-
2: Murph tweet him. We'll tell him <laughs> if he does it, we will also partake in this ketchup. Not for life, just one bottle. Cause
0: Maybe case. Our travel expenses
2: have gone up for the next four weeks because the guests were flying into the studio. That's true. That's not happened
0: so for those of you who don't know what a guillotine league is we we got invited to play in a guillotine league so it's basically eight teams and it started mid-season so it started after week 10 i believe it was um to last till the end of the season so weeks 10 to 17 and it every week the team with the lowest points gets cut and their roster gets dropped and you have a thousand dollars in fab budget to make blind bids to sign the players that get dropped. So, to give you an example, this week, the team that came last, so sixth, because there were six remaining teams, uh, has Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs, who, out of those three, we're probably not going to touch. This is the kind of riches that you kind of get in a league like this. So, it's about laying out as much fab budget as you can for these. So, we picked up Mahomes... Uh, we got Mike Evans last week That was a good pick up Just steered us clear of that Drop Bottom zone. range Drop zone We had three players on bye Because we got three Kansas City Chief players Yes we do It was a random assignment It was a random draw of Players Of players So we started with Christian McCaffrey Yeah Which was nice Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill
2: Yeah they did the damage Week 1 <laughs> we, yeah. came top. we won week 1 Which was nice Yeah
0: We come first, second and second So we're in good stead so we'll keep you updated on how we're doing in the Guillotine League. But it's a fun concept, something we might bring to 5-yard rush. So if you're interested in playing that next year, let's give it a go.
2: Talking of guillotines, Marvin Jones has been placed on the IR with a knee injury, ending his season. That does not help the Lions. I mean, Kenny Golladay now becomes an absolute target monster. He's not going to be available.
0: If he is available, then grab him, odds. But I mean, there's, there's some situations, right, that you can't help. And this is a situation where he's got injured. But when you looked at the Lions at the start of the season, all right, new coach, Matt Patricia, you didn't quite know. We knew that the, the defense wasn't great. We knew that the offensive line was a bit shoddy. But you looked and you had Matt Stafford, Kenny Godaday, Marvin Jones Jr., and then you had Golden Tate, and then they drafted on uh, Johnson, yep. and they picked up LeGarrette Blount, which regardless of what anyone says, if you're inside the five yards, you know, the goal line, he's going to push it in just the size of him. Yep. So you've made all these additions. You've got, I thought... You look at that. Like, that's one of the deepest wide receiver cores in the league, up there with Kansas City, Pittsburgh, the Buccaneers, Atlanta. And you're sitting there thinking, like, that's amazing. And then actually, they've, all they've got left is Kenny Galladay. He's been absolutely <laughs> gutted. <laughs> You've got Kelly Golliday and LeGarrette Plant this week because uh, Kerry Johnson's probably not going to play.
2: Probably not. I hope he doesn't just because if he get, plays again he could get re-injured and that'd be the end of the season. I could really do with him in my dynasty team for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. As if I get in after my loss this week which stings. Yeah, I lost to Josh as well so shout out to you Josh. Thanks for that buddy.
0: I also lost to you last night thanks to Corey Davis having a 21.5 uh, point game when a 19.5 point game would have meant a win for me so... Yeah, cheers for that. I pretty much a- had written that game off as a win already, and <laughs> no. then woke up this morning and was like, "Oh, I've lost."
2: Not pod favorite Corey Davis. Big up you, Mister Davis. Oh, Marcus Mariota had himself a game last night. A losing effort. Yeah, yeah, of course. But and a fantasy, he probably did you fairly well.
0: Well, we we did say pick him up uh, if he was fit. You know, we mentioned this in the in the pod. I think two weeks ago, yeah, um, that he was in our article, uh, which has gone out today for today's one. So. Keep an eye on that on all32.co.uk uh, for waiver ads.
2: Yeah, I mean, Marcus Mariota last night, he had 22 for 23, which is pretty accurate. 303 yards, two touchdowns, six
0: carries for 28 yards, and just a casual 22.9 fancy points. Yeah, he was actually perfect until the final two minutes of the quarter. Uh, two minutes of the end of the game. Wow. And yeah. I right, mean, well- one ear
2: and throw i will let you off yeah Marcus
0: but Mike Frabel's discussion of this so he was asked what he thought of Mariota's performance and read out the stat line and Mike Frabel's response to this is stats are stats I'm more focused on the loss Yeah. cheers Mike thanks for the insight I tell you what Don't apply for a job in the booth because I don't think I could deal with that kind of talk on a Sunday, Monday night. Or the podcast. Don't think you're coming on here either, chap. <laughs> no. I lie. I'd probably take my Rabel on Yeah, I would. If, <laughs> Rabel,
2: if you want to come on, you just let us know.
0: Yeah. Listen, we'll take your insights. Even if it is just stats or stats, we'll help pad it out a little bit.
2: So we talk about the IR and pretty much it's always about players going on it, which is sad because most of them are owned in fantasy leagues. This is a reverse IR. Rex Burkhead is back and I don't know how I feel about that as a Sony Michelle owner.
0: I don't think he's going to affect Sonny Michel. I think if he's going to affect anyone, it would be James White.
2: Oh, but I've got him in my American Dynasty League, where it's a big money league, so I'd
0: rather it affected him Michel.
2: <laughs> you can't have it both ways. I can, I can. Let's go White over Michel, as people I don't want to be affected. Okay, He might not affect anyone. No, he might not. Um, he might not even play that much. You don't know how fit he is after being on the IR. I mean, I imagine he's been training and stuff, and is game fit? Do the Patriots change how they go at the moment?
0: I think they, they're sort of plodding along. They're not really setting any worlds alike, but they are winning games. So uh, they've got a couple, a couple of tough games. I think they've got the Vikings next. Mm, yes, possibly. So I think they've got a, a couple of... They uh, do have the Vikings next. So they've got a couple of tough games coming up, and I think any extra pieces at this stage is always going to be useful. So he's not someone I'd rush to add, but if you've kept him for all this time for some reason, then you know, keep him. I'd assess for a week, see what he does. He's probably not going to be heavy this week but maybe it's one to consider for the fantasy playoffs. You just never know. I'm not overly enamoured by him. He's not someone I really considered for the draft. No. So I urge caution, but you know what? If you're sitting there at 2-10, and ten, maybe it's a punt. You never know. <laughs> yeah, if you're sitting there at 2-10, and ten, you've probably given up. Well, yeah. We hope not, because we don't like people like
2: that. No, we don't. We do not. Colts coach Frank Reich announced that the veteran tight end is being shipped to off-season, ending injury. The veteran tight end. Murph has killed me with his Oh, sorry, right Jack end. Doyle. Yeah, I knew it was Jack Doyle, but I was just reading the notes straight off. I was like, mm, veteran tight end. Yeah, it was put together. slight haste. Yeah, so Jack Doyle has been placed on the IR. So he went from coming off the IR to going back on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he suffered a, a really nasty kidney injury, which just doesn't sound good. I don't know what play it was on. I don't recall to have seen him get injured on Sunday against the Dolphins, but yeah, shame. He's just one of these, again... We were talking about this before the pod, the, the rule of 16 that we have, which is just a player's going to play 16 games. And Jack Doyle just fits into that. He's never one I'd consider for a draft. Just, I just don't ever think he plays 16 games. So it's a shame for him. Really good player. Caught a touchdown in the game. It's, you know, fancy. But in a position that has just been absolutely decimated this year. Um, it's not over yet. It.
2: We've got another one next all the notes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course we do. Um, with Jeff Hewerman now, he has gone to the IR with broken ribs and an injured lung. Yeah, that sounds painful as well. Yeah, that doesn't sound funny. <laughs> either. I think it's a bruised lung, actually, which is just as bad. Like, how do you bruise an internal organ? That is some hit. Yeah, that is some hit. So the tight end position, which was already pretty weak, has just been absolutely decimated now. And for waiver pickups, we... You'll hear it when we get there. Yeah. There, there is two names and, and that is it. There isn't a, oh, well, you know, you could consider this for a long-term play or uh, a fantasy stash or just a, a general punt. No, there's two names. That's it. That's all you've got to consider. And if you didn't take our advice last week and pick up Cameron Break, then yep. you're slightly in your own fault there for not picking up Cameron Break. Uh, just going to throw it out there as well. One of the names is
2: already mentioned quite a lot on the podcast. And the fact he's this minorly owned is frustrating.
0: But you've got to remember from when you first mentioned him he was zero point one per cent owned. That's you? true.
2: That yeah. All the percentages are mine. <laughs>
0: They're all mine. All yours. Um, one last
2: piece of news. Yeah, John Harbaugh is refusing to name his starting quarterback for week three. John play Lamar Jackson.
0: Well he's gonna play Lamar Jackson. It's just the most pointless Yeah, but why? Why just say I don't know who's playing? Just just play your boy. Because he wants to keep he wants to keep him guessing. He's like, you know, really wanna keep the opposition guessing this week. It's a big crunch game. I've got a question for you, Murph. Go Who on. should I play this week at quarterback in Dynasty?
2: In, not in the league we're in together. In my other league, I've got Matt Ryan at Baltimore or Lamar Jackson against Matt Ryan. You're going to say Matt Ryan here, aren't yeah, you? Good yeah, of course. But Jackson's
0: scored over twenty points the last two weeks. He can't throw a football. That doesn't
2: matter. He's got wheels.
0: <laughs> He's got wheels. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he has got wheels. But and and listen, the Falcons' D isn't great. But no. I just think you've got to play Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> You've just got. To, you've just got to play Matt Ryan because at the end of the day, you know Matt Ryan could can throw the ball around. Yep, he's, he's he was having a good year to the last couple of weeks, and but the
2: Ravens D. The thing is, I'm probably going to play the Ravens D as well because I've got the Vikings D, but they're playing the Patriots, so I don't fancy any part of that. No, no, no. and then I'll be playing the Ravens D against Matt Ryan. Yeah, but that's all right because it, it sounds things like sacks. Sacks is a great way for you to make points and not be bothered. Especially in this league, because you don't get punished for points against, really. No. It's all about sacks, force
0: fumbles and recoveries. So that O-line's been beat up a little bit. He's going to get put down the floor a few times. He'll throw a few away, because he's smart and he's experienced. But, yeah, I don't think there's a problem starting both of them. Oh, I've
2: just had $20 credit added to my pristine auction account. Huh? spending that tonight. Hey!
0: <laughs> ah, that's it. That's our news done, son. Yeah, there's no other news. I thing the one other piece which is, come out is we might expect uh, Deshaun Jackson to potentially go on IR at some point today. He's gone to get a second opinion to probably get placed on the IR. I think he is done. I think his time in Tampa is done. So yeah. it's not confirmed, hence why it's not in the news before bringing it up. no, yeah,
2: that's fine. I have one more bit of news that you don't know about. Okay. So Vikings defender Andrew Sandejo. Now, completely fantasy irrelevant. But I may have got his shirt signed and on its way to the studio. Now, I was going to put it up in the studio, but I thought what better way to use it would be to have a competition. Okay. So, we are going to put a podcast out on Christmas Day. We are. We're not recording on Christmas Day. We're not that hardcore. (laughs) But there's going to be a podcast out on Christmas Day. Now, this Andrew Sendejo shirt is going to be a prize on Christmas Day. And there'll be a secret hashtag somewhere in the Christmas Day pod. And you can only win this prize if you tweet us on Christmas Day with the secret hashtag.
0: What about Boxing Day as well?
2: Oh, okay. All right. We'll do Boxing Day as well. I've, I know it was a stretch to ask people to listen on Christmas Day, but we do have some hardcore fans.
0: Yeah, we do. But I think if we do Christmas Day and Boxing Day, because then it gives people... If it goes out Christmas Day, and we'll preset it so it goes out early, okay, so you can wake up before you...
2: So, before you open your presents, stick Five Yard Rush on while you're making your bacon and salmon bagels.
0: You can also put it on your Google Home Assistant and let your significant others and loved ones enjoy your muse of Five Yard Rush podcasts. Yep. And it would come out through there. Um, yeah, do Boxing Day as well. I think that's, that's okay. fair. And then I think what we do is on Boxing Day, we'll cut it. How about we announce it Boxing Day night, say around nine ish?
2: Yeah, that works. Although, that doesn't give the American listeners much of Boxing no, Day. that's true.
0: Alright, we announced it on the morning of the 27th. Okay,
2: so morning of the 27th, anybody who tweets us with the secret hashtag, which is yet to be determined, from the Christmas and Boxing Day episode, will be in with a shout to win the signed Andrew Sandejo shirt. We'll do a random live tweet video of all the names in a hat, because that's the fairest way to do it. Definitely. Yeah, so I think that's pretty good. I, oh, thought, like I, I thought, you know, we'll, we'll treat our listeners because, I mean, Sandejo to us, is just a shirt on the wall, but to a f- listener who wins it in the competitions a lot more, so.
0: You're just a shirt on their wall. Yeah. Which is much more exciting. Much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, um, we're looking forward to it, we're still planning what we're going to do for it, so uh, we might get some guests and tape together, we might do ourselves. Who knows? Who knows? It's just the Christmas miracle. We're too busy focused on the fantasy playoffs and delivering you Ws to, and titles. Yes, sir. And we want to keep hearing about those success stories, so uh, keep them going. And it's with that we link across two waivers for week thirteen. That might be your first bridge, Murph. Give or take. Give or take. I think there's been a few.
2: Yours is in front of me. You? Well, we both had what the same one, and then I've got another one which you kindly let me have I mentioned
0: him already, so you can start, sir. So, for the quarterback position, there's a lot of streaming options out there. The one for me that I think is an absolute standout is uh, Dak Prescott. So, he was, at, um, on by Sunday, he was the second highest scoring quarterback in terms of fantasy points. So, I think he might have got passed last night, but even so, he's still going to be a top five. Joint second with so Kirk
2: Cousins, yeah, 27.4 points.
0: So, he is a definite potential add. And do you know what? If you're decided, you're just going to play one quarterback this year. Go pick him up anyway. Will you waiver claim? Don't let your opponents get him. He's coming hot at the right time. Oh, his schedule's delightful. <laughs> the, the schedule's great. They're going to play. they're going to be a lot of shootouts. They've got Cooper firing now. Um, he's finally got a target to aim at. I'm not the biggest stat guy, but you can't go past his stats. He's mobile. You've got Zeke Elliott. They can't just flood the box anymore. This is great news for Zeke owners. It's great news for. Um, owners of Mario Cooper with the trade because he's become relevant and now Mm. Dak Prescott so definitely 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 get him picked up if not just for yourself to stop others from getting him and being that Oh, I wish I picked him up in the pre-playoffs so that he doesn't knock you out in the playoffs.
2: I tell you what, if you do manage to get to those fantasy championships, he takes on Indy in the semis and then your boys,
0: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the final. Darts, darts, darts. Yeah,
2: because they can't defend for toffee. And they're not quite as bad as the Bengals, but...
0: Hey, I think you'll find th- right. that we allowed the least amount of points in the NFL this weekend. But that's an anomaly. Come on, it's a fact. It's your know <laughs> fact. Nine points. Did Anyone else? Every sieve
2: has one of those holes that gets a little bit of rice in it, and then nothing goes through. And that so was that four,
0: hole. The 49ers were elite. Did you not know that? They're not elite. Okay, not elite. Even that
2: Mullins guy. I played him in our Epsom League, and he killed me. But then I also played AJ Green.
0: No, definitely, definitely, definitely pick up Dak Prescott. It's a must add for me this week.
2: Absolutely Now I'm pretty sure you can all guess who my quarterback is this week. It's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I said it. He's forty-two percent owned, but run Lamar, run, because that's what he does. Yeah, he, well, threw... he can't throw. So no, 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 I'm just about to get to that. He threw two picks this week, but he has also thrown two d, two d, two touchdowns. Sorry, in his last two games, which when you add it to the amount of yards he's got on the ground, yes, please. I mean, ten rushing yards for a quarterback is worth twenty-five throwing yards for that quarterback. So when he goes over a hundred yards on the ground, going up against the Falcons, who are pretty terrible against running backs, and let's face it, he's a running back. Like Murph has said before, they're gonna they want to run the ball. Gus the bus, Lamar Jackson. I know you know Harbaugh said he doesn't know who's starting, but come on. Get Jackson out there and you never know, I might play him this week. Maybe, maybe not. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, let's move on to those running backs. Where are you at this week, Murph? I've got a couple here. It's quite difficult to really decipher who's going to be the guy. So, there's a couple of names here and based on your guts to glory ratio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, some of you would have picked up the Garrett Blount last week. He's 16% owned. But I doubt anyone really had the minerals to start him against the Bears. I played him. Did you? Yep. Well, but well then to, done, sir. In
2: fairness, I do have 20-odd leagues, and some of them I'm so weak at running back, I just just grabbed anybody available, because I had Gurley on by. I yep. had Gurley, and then I drafted no other running back, stupidly. So, yeah, I played Blount in one league, and won that matchup. up funnily enough.
0: Well, I mean, 19 carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns, and a 15-yard reception, so over 100 scrimmage yards. Doesn't look like Karen Johnson's going to be back this week, so it's a short term plug and play this isn't one for your fantasy playoffs but it's definitely worth uh, a pick up it's definitely one to consider as he is going to be that goal line back and should get some scores because they're so weak in the air now so they kind of don't have as many targets to, to throw to and they're playing the Rams so there'll be, points. Is be <laughs> there is points I, it is going to be a bit game script dependent here um, because if they do fall massively behind early then you're kind of expecting Blount to get just goal line TDs, but especially in the early phases of the game, I see him getting a lot of touches. So
2: and garbage at the end as well.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. So awesome.
2: garbage points matter, people.
0: Matter more than most. Uh, anyone else? Justin Jackson. So he is a running back for the San Diego Chargers. I went blank there for a second. LA
2: Chargers, man.
0: Oh Of course, mm. they've moved. Yeah, they yeah. Can. Old habits die hard. Been a fan hat. for nearly twenty years. Read my hat. It just says Chargers. Yeah, it I know. Doesn't help. <laughs> um less than one percent owned justin jackson so eckler is not going to be the standalone back he was solo in london against the titans he wasn't great um i think they're going to use justin jackson as a sort of more power back yeah. um it will be a timeshare but i can see him getting more of the first down second down work eckler ran his first rushing touchdown of the seasoning uh last week so he's not known for getting rushing <laughs> touch. Eckler's a great ad. If he's free, then definitely, but he's more than 50% owned, which is why he's not on this list. Um, but he is a good ad and he adds a lot in the receiving game. Yeah. So I think Justin Jackson is going to get some um, touches and he's going to get some carries. When asked about uh, the game afterwards, Anthony Lim, who's the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, was commenting on Justin Jackson. He said, "Oh, kid's rapid. And he's just like, fresh legs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's fresh. He's ready to go. We're going to use him, so he's going to get carries. It's definitely a, a, an ad for me. And the last one, it's Carlos Hyde. Um, so he's thirty-seven percent owned. Fournette, as we've mentioned, is suspended. Cody Kessler is the quarterback. They Jackson Villara run offense predominantly. Yep. Um, you're going to have a new player caller in there who's okay. He's familiar with the quarterback play and he's familiar with the reads, but. They're not going to throw the ball 40, 50 times. You're going to get 25 tops, I think, in this game. Lots of carries. They traded for Hyde for a reason. He's going to get a lot of carries here. I'd expect 20-plus. And, you know, that O-line is good enough to create holes. It has done for Fournette all year when he's been fit. So And Yeldon, when he was in, I'd expect Hyde to uh, definitely get a score and definitely get a good amount of yards. 80-odd with a score would be what I'd be expecting this week. Yeah,
2: I mean, they traded for him, so they obviously have value in him. So yeah. They're going to use him. and it, ju- it just depends on whether the Colts pile on the points early doors, and then they have to use Yeldon a bit more in the catching game, just because they're down. Um, but then the Colts' do is so good that if the Colts get up early, like the Jags don't have the firepower to get back in that one.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Um, talking of Colts, I've got Naheem Hines. Now, he's 22% owned, and I wouldn't normally suggest the Colts running back but Marlon Mack, the Mack truck, as we like to call him, he's picked up an injury last week. And Hines is predominantly a third down back, but as we saw at the beginning of the season, it's not a bad ball carrier either. Now, Jordan Wilkins will see some carries, but it doesn't look like he's the man that they wanted him to be from the draft. So, Hines is going to get a serious uptake, and if the Jags somehow go out early, then Hines is going to see more of the ball because he's a third down catching back. And, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's... it's not a great ceiling and a terrible floor, but considering running back is real so low. yeah, it's, it's, it's thinner than rice paper this week. It's, I think I don't hate it. I don't hate it. That's the only other running back I've got because Murph ate the others. <laughs> uh, wide outs. Now, Murph left me a few of these because he was kind. And I have three. My first one is David Moore, 10% owned. Uh, he's definitely the number two in Seattle now. Doug Baldwin is clearly hobbled this season. And they're not really throwing the ball either. Russell Wilson's like season low in pass attempts, something like that.
0: They picked up a little bit this week, but still, Doug Baldwin didn't get the ball. They mm. went to Moore and they went to Lockett. Both yeah. got touchdowns this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean Moore finished with four receptions for 103 yards. If you're going for 25 a reception, I'll take that all day
0: long. It's not going to happen every week, obviously, but
2: if it does, cash that cheddar. Um, and but it's a... also
0: on a good defense. You know, you're talking Carolina here. Yeah. So to to be brave to make that kind of play calling. It says that there's something in the water there where they're feeling more comfortable with the receiving core they've got. To try it on someone like Carolina, you know, I think that's a bold sign. I think it's a good move. I haven't seen
2: any of Seattle's game this week. Did Carolina's cornerbacks did they
0: cover Baldwin as a one? So I've only seen this on red zone, so I've only seen plays as right. opposed to the the all twenty two or extended highlights kind of piece so um, it just didn't look like Baldwin was running the routes as, as much as he sort of would be it looked like he was more in the slot and maybe there was a couple of out-wides but he wasn't targeted all that much maybe they did get all the pressure and cover on him he just, you never really saw him in the game no. what you did see is you saw Tyler Lockett making runs, making plays you saw uh, more you know, running out-wide, stretching, stretching the, the defenders and stretching the field um, and I think going forward, those are the two that are going to be picking up the target. As to who gets the bigger share, I don't know. But I don't see Doug Baldwin now. There's nothing I've seen in the last 8-10 weeks since he's been back that suggests to me that he is relevant in this offence anymore.
2: No, I'll tell you what, I haven't seen fantasy points, Doug. You're on my side and you're killing me.
0: Yeah, I think he's a bench now. I wouldn't drop him just because you don't want him to go off, but I'd never consider putting him in my lineup if oh, I owned but I
2: have to. You
0: can't put me in line-up.
2: I have to it's three wide receiver three running back two flex
0: yeah but there's got there's better options
2: but it's dynasty so I can't drop him no and the bench is pretty small okay and I don't have to play him I could play Cortland Sutton
0: yeah
2: um, but yeah the, talking of the Seahawks they take on the 49ers twice in the next three weeks which is pretty tasty yeah and yeah I think David Moore is a decent ad, especially at only 10% owned my next one is 9% owned um, and that's Antonio Callaway. <laughs> Destroying Cincinnati is pretty easy these days. I mean, I could do it. I'm 5'10", 165 pounds, and I run a solid 5'2'40. And I'm pretty sure I could put numbers up against Cincy's DBs. Uh, I've got a safe pair of hands as well. But anyway, sorry, enough about me. Back to Antonio Callaway. <laughs> Since Haley and Hugh Jackson have left town, Baker is hardly thrown to Jarvis Landry. And I mean, like, four targets a week. Callaway only got four, t- five targets, but caught four of them for 62 yards and a touchdown. The pressure's off him now, and Baker seems to really have a decent connection with him. So at 9% owned, he's a flex wide receiver 3, but if he's putting in those numbers each week, you're going to take 11, 12 points off your flex wide receiver. Yeah. And then my third one, uh, quick story about this guy. His name's Robert Foster. I used to play 6 or with a guy called Robert Foster, but that's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> I hadn't heard of this guy until this week not even after last week's game, but one of the lads at work, Joe, came at me today and he said, oh, my waiver ad this week in Dynasty, This is," it. he said no one else is going to be going after this chap because nobody knows about him. And Joe, shout out to you because Robert Foster is a pretty good ad, um, but I told him that he was on my waiver wire list and Murph had written a few stats about him, <laughs> so <laughs> his little heart sank a bit because he now <laughs> thinks after the podcast everyone's going to want him. I'm not sure that's true, Joe. So, no, I
0: think there's better options out there. Yeah, so Robert Foster.
2: Uh, Bill's wide receiver is 0% owned in his last two weeks Foster was at 105 and 94 yards respectively I mean it does include a 75 yard bomb against the Jags but when you've got Josh Allen throwing those long bombs with the cannon arm he's got it could happen
0: well he throws one one again
2: yeah well if that one again goes for 75 yards then the uh, 0% owned Robert Foster becomes relevant
0: yeah I agree yeah that's it I've gone down a slightly more uh, traditional route two of these names spoken about before first being adam humphreys 28 percent owned now when i last mentioned him i said he's a good sort of ppr stash and he's going to have a relatively uh low ceiling but a relatively safe floor and he's definitely worth a pickup and if you healed that advice uh in the last four or five weeks when i last mentioned him he's got as many touchdowns as obj and michael thomas in that time mm-hmm. so he is a Um, Winston favourite, along with Cameron Brait. Who we also told you to pick up. Yeah, so Humphreys caught all six of his targets on Sunday for 54 yards and a touch. Um, He's getting touches in the red zone. This guy's not going to get you 100 yards. He is a bit of a boom or bust in in the sense of he will get you four to six receptions a week for around about 45 to 75 yards-ish. That sort of numbers. Might get into the 80s. He's been over 80 once this season. Yeah. So at the end of the day, he's he's one of these that if you're in a PPR league, he's a nice add because he, he does get targeted and he, he's got a very high reception rate of an, on his targets. Um, so he will get you those over 10 points. So he's a nice add. In a traditional league, the reason I think he's useful is, you know, the Bucks have got some a lot of games at home. They're a better team at home than they are on the road. Um, Winston does target him. And with Deshaun Jackson, as I mentioned, might be out. There's just more targets to go around. Deshaun Jackson had eight targets at the weekend. He only caught three, but... (laughs) It's (laughs) because he's only one hand. Yeah, well, apparently so. Well, and also, uh, Jeremy Winston sort of overthrew him a couple of times, which I didn't think was possible. But anyway, back to Humphreys. He's a good ad for me. I think he's solid. You know, he's he's not exciting. He's not going to get you the the 20 points. But, you know, if he can get you over 10, that touchline is going to help. I see... I see the Bucks scoring on Carolina. I see them scoring against anybody. It's still a top three NFL offense. So
2: Yeah, they, their fantasy championship games aren't easy. They were way at Baltimore, away at Dallas. Yeah. But I then think... if you need him for the next couple
0: of weeks to get you into those championships,
2: plug in Adam Humphreys. Definitely.
0: Uh, Josh Reynolds, 34% owned, has been picked up quite a lot on his buy. Uh, he's come off the buy. He's moving into Cooper Cups uh, slot. We talked about him already Got 20 fantasy points in his last game, so uh, Josh Reynolds is a must-add. He's going to get points, and especially as the Rams start resting players, he is going to get more and more touches as they get to clinching positions. So, I think that's going to be a good situation to have if you already have him. Great if you don't, go pick him up. Now, this last one's a bit of a stretch. We kind of made a joke a couple of weeks ago <laughs> in terms of. There's nobody on the Raiders wide receiver core. We didn't know their names. And this is true. We actually didn't. So I went ahead and did some research. And I've come up with the name Marcel Aitman. Who? Marcel Aitman is 0.3% owned. That's mad. Who owns him? Well, probably very, very deep leagues. Yeah, but... But listen, there's some logic to this. Okay, go. So don't let the three catches for 16 yards in week 12 scare you. He saw 10 targets against the Ravens, which was double the second highest targeted man on the squad, which was Jared Cook. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen his one-handed grab touchdown, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable one-handed grab touchdown he scored. It sort of was on the floor, and he's sort of back to the goal line, and he's reached down, and he's got it with his left hand. He's trying to stay in bounds while grabbing it with his left hand and then fell in the end zone unbelievable grab but Aitman is going to get a high volume of targets he is the number one there anytime you can get a wide receiver one on waivers I just think you've got to do it I just think you've got to do it you know at the moment he's probably a wide receiver for three sort of a flex option but he is the number one in that offense he's going to get targeted and they're playing the Chiefs next week I'm going to go and add him they play the Chiefs so he's going to get loads of garbage time targets so I think it's in fact I'm going to play him I'm going to add him and play him somewhere and let you know how he gets on next week well there you go see Marcel Aitman and I tell you what Joe talked about deep statues and deep names Yeah, I bet he's not thought of Marcel Aitman so shout out, Joe there you are Joe there's there. one for you and play him because I think he's going to have a decent week but it's a complete gamble and I think if you are on the cusp or on the verge of elimination and you're short and you're projected to lose what have you got to lose play Marcel Aitman see what happens if you win, I want to hear all the tweets. Oh yes, at five yard rush. If he loses, uh we're not on Twitter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, we are definitely
0: on Twitter. We Just are. only
2: if he wins. Tight end, Murph. Yours is in front of me, crack on.
0: Uh CJ Usma, thirty percent. We talked about it loads of times. This market is so so thin now. For me, there's two names on this list and CJ Usma's one. Um at the end of the day, yes, he's got Jeff Driscoll throwing to him, so that's a slight negative, but When you've got a quarterback that doesn't know a system very well or hasn't played that many games, they tend to go up the middle and they tend to play the safer routes. So uh, that means more often or not, tight ends become very involved. If you see what's happened with George Kittle this year, with CJ Befford and also Nick Mullins, you see what happened when the Redskins quarterback came in. McCoy, Colt McCoy, he started throwing to... Um, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Names just keep escaping me at the moment. Apologies. So it's a favourable matchup. They're playing the Broncos. They give a lot of receptions inside as opposed to outside. Um, so I fancy CJ going to go off and to get some points. So if you need a tight end, that's where to go. I'm really hoping that you don't because it's very thin.
2: Right Rush Nation, my turn. Pretty sure you're all aware of where this is going. Since week six, this streaming tight end has scored you 13, 14, 8. 10, 6, and 12 points in PPR leagues. You're damn right, it's my boy Chris Herndon. Go and grab him. Now, he's only 9.9% owned, which I'm sure is slightly down. That's because they had a bye week, week 11. I'm sure he was up to 17 or something like that at week week 10. Chris Herndon is quite possibly the Jets' number one receiver, Uh, definitely in short yardage situations. Caught seven receptions for 57 yards against the Patriots. Now, I'm not saying Chris Herndon is going to win you a league, but he's not going to kill you. If you get 10 points from a tight end when matey boy you're playing is decimated at tight end, it's 10 points extra. And like we see most games in fantasy, if you're playing in a good league, or fairly close. Those 10 points make the difference. Chris Herndon still my boy. You know, I mean, the Jets are terrible. They are hot, fire, garbage, trash, everything. And if he's going to get you 10 points, then plug him in. I've only got one DST because Murph suggested the other 31 teams. Now, my DST... <laughs> my DST is the Panthers. They're only 48% owned, which is about half. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't like suggesting the Panthers. Um, but they take on the Bucks, and Winston likes to throw a turnover.
0: He didn't last week. No, he didn't. But... It's, a new, it's a new James Winston. Do you not know? I didn't know. It's James Winston 5.0. the the new and improved.
2: Okay, so maybe not the Panthers but no, the I'm old, joking. No, yeah, I know you are. The, uh, the old James Winston, who is the James Winston of new, is going to throw a pick. And if you're in a league where points against aren't significantly damaging to your DST score, but picks, interceptions, and sacks, fumbles, that sort of thing, are a decent, give you good points, then the panthers are pretty good at this week i think he throws more than one
0: to be honest i think i think the panthers will get ahead early christian mccaffrey's on fire at the moment i think the panthers get ahead early and i think the bucks are chasing the game and when the bucks are chasing the game winston just throws picks it's what he does it's what he's done this whole nfl career so it's a good shout i I would just
2: like to mention that i missed the fire the cannon shout when you mentioned adam humphreys so i'm doing it now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes gotta stick with tradition um so I have three, and it's really down to you to play. I think these are all pretty good options. Um, the Packers are 20% owned. They're third in the league in sacks. And they play Arizona next, so they're not going to get a load of points scored on them. So the Arizona are the second worst offense in the NFL behind the Bills. They shut the Bills out at Lambeau. They're at home again. This could be really, really scary t- uh, for Arizona. They could put a very small number up on the board. So I fancy the Packers need to go off. Uh, the Colts have been talking about them for a couple of weeks, mentioned they've got a favourable run, so uh, they've got the Jags, they're in turmoil, they're going to have Kessler, there's no Fournette, it's a good time to have those things going on if you own the Colts' Ds, so if you picked them up like we have been saying, it's a good play for them. And the Titans, who have got the uh, Jets, as, as you've just been talking about, um, McCowan is probably still going to be on the centre for this, the Jets have given up the fourth most fantasy points to DSTs this season, so... Uh, expect the Titans to cash in. They're 40% owned, probably a bit more difficult to find on that wire. So, um, yeah, give them a shout.
2: It's just under half that Murph, 40%. It's just under half owned.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's actually only four temps owned. Yeah, it's getting better (laughs) if we keep talking. There we go, those numbers. I'm bringing those maths takes, guys. (laughs) There's one big thing that we want to talk about this week with the wire, just as we finish the wire segment, and that's uh, fantasy stashes. So, if you are... Already in your playoffs, or you look pretty set, and nailed on. You know, there's players you want to start thinking about getting. You want to look at DSTs like the Panthers because their playoff schedule is amazing. But you also want to look at um, potential players that can come in and have a big impact. These aren't going to be week 13 or week 14 impact players, uh, but people like Malcolm Brown the Rams, Spencer Ware of the Chiefs. These guys are going to go off in fantasy playoffs. As teams like the Chiefs and the Rams are going to be. In clinching situations and have clinched, and they'll start to rotate players and rest for the playoffs. So, uh, in a Week 16 matchup, these guys could be really crucial. It's, um,
2: it's, it's not just stashes; though, it's handcuffs as well. I mean, you mean you think Kareem Hunt goes down with the Chief Surgeon, then Spencer Ware becomes an automatic RB one? I mean, he's good enough to be on his own anyway. He proved that a couple of seasons ago. And it's just, yeah, handcuffs.
0: Yeah. So if you haven't handcuffed your running backs yet. You've seen it with Melton Gordon this week. Definitely go ahead and handcuff your, your running backs. Rod Smith is far too underowned for me considering uh, Zeke's workload. So Rod Smith is one that's got to be uh, considered to be added. So definitely go ahead and start getting these ads in. Start handcuffing your running backs. But if you've got some spare room on your roster there's no point having players that oh, well they've not really made an impact over the last four or five weeks and we should probably consider uh, holding them on. Or, no, no, no. There's, there's, uh, and the players I'd start thinking about getting rid of in this realm are players like John Brown, who is not relevant, while Flacco is not the quarterback. Um, and Crabtree, dropping both. Crabtree's similar boat. You're looking at players like Ito Smith, who we told to pick up. He, again, he might get the odd touchdown, but ultimately... But is he not a
2: handcuff for a high-flying offense?
0: Well, he's a handcuff for... For Tevin Coleman, if you've got him, but if not, that might be one that you can kind of consider dropping or maybe hold on to. I'm just sort of spatting out names here of people you can sort of consider you might want to be dropping. They've not read that Rashad Penny might be one that if we've, we've told you to pick up, he didn't really bounce as much as we thought. If you've got these sorts of players on your rosters, it's probably you're not going to play them, um, so it might be worth getting them off your roster and bringing in some of these stashes for the playoffs. I have a question. It's Shoot. a
2: handcuff question. I've got uh, a Crowell. Who's his handcuff?
0: Wouldn't it be Maguire?
2: It would be Elijah Maguire. I was just testing you my... <laughs> If anything, they're in a timeshare anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, Maguire gets more think... carries. <laughs> I was trying to think of an even worse running back to try and think of who his handcuff was, but I don't know. Off the top Pink of Barber?
0: You're yeah, not that, that bad? No. Frank Gore? Karen Drake? Yeah, see, they're both... There's
2: got to be someone with absolutely no handcuff who is terrible, but that's uh... irrelevant.
0: See? G- nah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of one.
2: I'll think of one. Okay. Seeing as we've crushed into the time this week, Murph, let's do some Murph on the streets. Yeah,
0: I whiz through these really quickly. Um, well, no, you know the, the crowd loves it. So. <laughs> they're not they're not massively impressive this oh, year. Oh, so. down on it already. I just want to be clear. You know, we like to provide excellent product, but then that's also reliant on human beings. And you know, whilst there were many great things going on and some unbelievable plays like the Browns TD and uh, where they pushed. Uh, <laughs> they pushed Induco into the end zone That was great, I loved it There wasn't so much statistically that was amazing It stood out So I've got three here we Start with Old Man Rivers Old Man Rivers uh, has got the most wins 114 most completions 4,410 most attempts 6,836 most pass yards 53,467 most passing TDs uh, 368 amongst quarterbacks Never to have made a Super Bowl appearance so, is this the year that Old Man Rivers and the Chargers get to the big game? Not if Melvin Gordon is injured. No. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> so, all that work, all those wins, and he might never get there, but it would be a shame. He would. So, we've talked about Robert Foster of the Bills. He's proven to be one of the fastest offensive players in the NFL in his short time as an undrafted rookie. So he has reached 20 miles per hour 12 times this season on just 140 offensive plays, including the 75-yard bomb we talked about earlier against the Jags where he clocked a 21.11 mile per hour headwind. Is 20 mile an hour fast? Yes. Do you want to run 20 miles No, because I can't. No, that's quick. Okay, okay, yeah. For a human being. Yeah, it's fast. It sounds slow, but then... For a human being powered by their muscles. Yeah. I mean, that is quick.
2: No, agreed. Agreed. Talking of quick, sorry to interrupt. That video I shared with you, with Tyreek Hill running the two hundred meters in high school. That's nuts. Isn't it? Yeah, he would have
0: finished either third or fourth in the Rio Olympics, and he ran it at high school. That's just. And that's why he's in the NFL. Yeah. Um, the Browns. Shout out to the Browns. Uh, snapped a twenty-five game, uh, road streak, <laughs> <laughs> not of winning of losing. Uh, snapped that the weekend. There were some great pieces. In fact, uh, our good friend friend of the pod, Jack, uh, on the Paul Brown podcast, actually predicted beforehand that there would be an interception and the player catching the interception would go ahead and hand the ball off to Hugh Jackson. So he said that on the Saturday, went out live on Sunday. We, we retweeted it. Go give that a listen. It was funny. Uh, he was in hysterics afterwards. But they racked up the Browns 28 first-half points. It's their most since week 14, 1991. Wow. 1991! I was nearly not born then. <laughs> nearly not. I was, I was five. I was Six. Like, it's just nuts. 1991, so a 27-year streak has been snapped there. 28 first-half points. They absolutely blew out the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> to think, too many Bs. But more importantly, this is what's really funny, is that the four players involved in touchdowns for the Browns today, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Antonio Callaway, and David Njuku, weren't even born when the Browns last put up 28 first-half points. They were all born in 1995 or later. Wow, I enjoyed it, Murph. Good. It it was a good venture onto the streets. It was very, very deep. We went, we went sewer bound to (laughs) find. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was deep, deeper than the metro. It was, uh, yeah. So today,
2: Murph has actually got the time stack in front of him, and I don't know how we're doing for time. We are
0: about to hit the hour mark. So, do you want to do winners and losers? Yeah.
2: Okay you can go first, it gives
0: me about 40 seconds to try and there work on this winner of this week, uh, Christian McCaffrey he absolutely balled out Sunday uh, 100 plus scrimmage yards running 100 plus scrimmage yards receiving he had one drive where he got all the yards on the on the drive wow. which I just think is nuts and he celebrated it which was great and then Cam came out and kept doing his number one Superman thing and I was like, Cam, you did nothing on this drive like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Let, let McCaffrey have his moment. We he can't. absolutely carried the load. Uh, people were questioning whether or not he'd ke- keep that full workload, um, but he's been delivering week on week. Uh, if you've got him in your league, congratulations. You're probably already in the playoffs. You're going to be strong. Strong playoff contender. Uh, hats off to you if you took him in the draft. He is going to pay off big time in your playoffs. Loser of the week is the Green Bay Packers. And McCarthy for me now it's got to go it was not just losing to the vikings because it's not an embarrassing loss losing to the vikings they're a good team they almost went to the super bowl last year but at the end of the day it was the way that they lost there's no ideas no idea of what is going on there the play calling is erratic it's bizarre to watch there's no cohesion players just running bizarre routes the the, the, you know, going with your third and long, and you're playing for a four yard reception. It just is a very, very bizarre world that's going on up there. They're four, six, and one. They've got the same record as the Browns. And to tell you how terrible they are, their are win since week one, where they beat the Bears and the Rogers amazing comeback, and he did it on one leg and. Oh, it was the best combat we've ever seen and all this malarkey. Mm-hmm. They have beaten since then the 49ers who are heading for the number one pick, the Bills and the Dolphins. Ah. That is who they've beaten this season. So, you know, you've got Jimmy Graham there who's irrelevant. Uh, it's just bad. It's bad to watch. It's not pretty. McCarthy has to go. I think he's a great coach, but eventually you sort of time out there. Rogers just doesn't look the same. He doesn't look elite. You know, he put up less than 200 yards passing. I just think it's there's a lot of wrong there and it's time to go. And Packers fans, enjoy Thursday's pod. Looking at the 2019 NFL Draft, it's a must-listen for you because, let's face it, you're already looking at the Draft because your season is done.
2: Yep, could not
0: agree more.
2: So, my winner is the Denver Broncos. Now, it's been a little while since they've won anything big, but they beat, you know, they beat the Steelers at the weekend in what was... Ooh, 24-17 win. Philip Lindsay is legit. Case Keenum looked okay. Uh, Cortland Sutton wasn't good, but in the win, it took them to five and six. And if they can win out, in which their schedule is pretty favourable, they can squeak into the playoffs. That would be good. As a Broncos fan, I would enjoy that. Fact about the game against the Steelers: it was never more than a seven-point game. No. Uh, also, another winner. I've got Utah State against Boise State. Now I mentioned this earlier. Just go and watch how Utah State moved the ball against Boise. This needs to happen in the NFL a lot more. They ran no huddle offense pretty much 100% of the game, which meant Boise couldn't get defenders onto the pitch and change up their personnel. It was lightning fast. Most of the time, they either went three and out or didn't make it up to the touchdown red zone. But when they did... I'm going to say most of the time. It was close until the fourth quarter when Boise then went ahead and won it. But the way they moved the ball was absolutely fantastic. Just to see how fast it was. And then you think, all right, they're getting their plays called from the sideline with boards and stuff. You think an NFL quarterback who's already got a methodised strategy in his head, how fast they can move the ball. If you've got a quick-fire offence, I mean, talking. You know, we're going to be talking about the draft on Thursday. Go to The Broncos, go get Will Greer. You've got Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Philip Lindsay. Decent tight end in Jake, but run that offense. Run it fast. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be looking for a new head coach probably. Joseph's going to go. Just run a fast offense. It's exciting to watch for a fan. It's good for fantasy because people make more catches. I, you know, All round, I loved it. So Utah State, unfortunately, you didn't make it to your championship game or conference game, whatever it was. But I enjoyed watching you play. Um, have I done a loser? I haven't, have I? Shall I tell you who my loser is? Anybody who drafted the Jacksonville defence in round seven or above, first of all, you should not do that.
0: I, I think 12 or above. I just think, I just think now, having seen it and really studied it this year, you shouldn't be picking a defence until the bottom two rounds. No.
2: I think I would pick a kicker. I think kickers are more valuable than a defence. I think you can stream, especially as we're going to talk about on Thursday, the upcoming draft class is more defense-based. Defenses will be better next year. And then, yeah, stream. I think you go kick a defense in your last two rounds. And I would even go as far as to say a quarterback in the third to last round.
0: Yeah, kickers. there's been a lot of talk this week that kickers are not relevant to fantasy football. And I think that's such a shame because I think it's a really exciting element. If you don't think kickers are relevant, talk to your commissioner. Play with the points. So maybe uh, extra points for really long field goals, 50 upwards, for example... You could put some extra points there. You can take some points for, and maybe you know, extra points. You take an extra point off instead of just one. Make it two. Do something to make it a bit more exciting. And the need to draft a kicker. Believe me, you can make it relevant if you play in a good league with a good commissioner. So, the good thing with kickers is they're a bit more reliable in the sense of it's it's easier to predict. You know, you know, Greg, the leg's going to be good. You know, Goss is going to be good. You know. Tucker's going to be good, and then you kind of just—you—it's again—you're rewarded yourself for picking good players at the right time of the draft. With DSTs, and this is proof that everyone thought Saxonville was a thing. And you know, at the end of the day, said that you know they benefited from a very kind schedule last year. And we've talked about this on the pod. They are not even in the top twenty defenses, and the best defenses in the league right now. What, from fantasy perspective, the Rams, the Chiefs, all these high-scoring teams, because teams like that uh, they're playing are falling so far behind they're having to chase the game and they're just throwing picks and they're not necessarily i mean the rams is a great d because of who they picked up but i think at the end of the day you it's less it's more about you can stream good defenses and, and look we've given you three options today on this pod that are all good and potential match winners so yeah you should never pick a d higher than the 12th 13th round and you shouldn't be I, I saw Jacksonville D going 6 yeah, I saw, 7 yeah. 8 I saw one going the 4th yeah, that
2: person doesn't know fantasy though does it really, no and, really and that's
0: the point isn't it so I think it's a it's a great point but I think kickers matter and there is a podcast out there called kickers matter uh, hosted by Jack who's once been on this podcast it's worth a listen uh, they have very strong opinions about it they even have a kickers corner so give that a listen
2: yeah So, as I was talking about the Jags' DST, did you know they have given you donuts, which is a zero point at this season, the same amount of times as they have been over ten points? (laughs) Which is twice. And those two teams, that they went over ten, they scored 13 and 11, and they were both New York based. Brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, the last three weeks, the Jags have gone 0-8-0, and they take on the Colts this week, who, (laughs) you know, they scored zero against three weeks ago, so...
0: I was looking at DSTs and the Buccaneers DST. Do you know that last week? Fly the cannons! <laughs> hey, sorry. Wait give you time. the Buccaneers DST last week um, with their performance of twelve points. If you added up their their scores from the bye <laughs> in week five to week eleven, Ooh. it was thirteen points. <laughs> So they were only one point over their total of the last six games since the bye. Yeah, their week four matchup against Chicago hurt with minus nine. Oh, no, that was brutal. So yeah, fun. I've just thought to share that. But I think that is a good stopping point. Agreed.
2: As we always say, chaps, ladies, boys, girls, gentlemen and scholars, go find the podcast on all your favourite podcast platforms. Tweet us at 5yardrush. We are on Instagram, but Instagram's it's a dying art form in in for podcasts. It's very difficult to get relevant stuff out there. But yeah, we're on Twitter. My man here, Murph, is crushing it on Twitter. I'm just going to throw that out there and say it.
0: There's been a, just a, a big shout out to a lot of people that've reached out to us for questions on Twitter and sending us through their lineups or odd questions or interacting us with Twitter. We've picked up a lot of new listeners recently. Thank you very much if you've tuned in and subscribed and downloaded um please do leave us a rating it does help us get to even more listeners we really appreciate you interacting with the pod but if you can just take 30 seconds and just write us even just a really short five star review that would be really amazing because we've got so many great plans and things that we want to do and we just want to reach out to to more and more people but thank you everyone that's given us some wonderful feedback just via twitter um received some really great comments people loving it so uh, if you could just put that into some kind words and put that on there Uh, Apple Podcast for a rating that would be ace yes sir
2: so for the Tuesday Murph it's been absolute it's been a cold pleasure let me put it that way
0: (laughs) might have been a warm pleasure
2: no excellent well maybe we should swap chairs maybe you're in a jet stream or something over there I don't know but I am freezing my proverbials off so until Thursday guys don't forget keep rushing